All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for another Boca Podcast episode, and uh, I'm actually here with with Todd Caldwell. Todd is, I, Todd, it feels like a, a longtime friend. It's a privilege to have you on the show today. Thanks for hanging out with all of us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. And Todd, just to give our listeners a little bit of context, and it's funny, I don't normally do this. You know, we, we talk a lot about running a photography business. I don't always highlight the business itself. You're a photographer based in what market? Uh, I am in the Columbia, South Carolina market. Okay, cool. And what what's the name of your business there? It is called Mo Sewell Photography. That's M-O-S-E-A-W-E-L-L Photography. Okay, brilliant. And and we're going to actually link to your website, Mosiwell, just like Todd spelled, in the show notes at bocapodcast.com, mosiwell.com. And the Instagram account is mosiwell underscore photography. And uh, again, we'll put that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Todd, we're going we're gonna to get into a topic that, I mean, frankly, I'm going to kind of nerd out, geek out on today. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about simple ways to better manage our health as photographers. And uh, right. with your background as a trainer, I, this is going to be a fascinating conversation. And you're, from, from my experience hanging out with you in person at conferences in the past, you're just a great conversationalist in general. So I'm, I'm, this is going to be super fun today. Uh, I appreciate it. Oh, no, my privilege. But before we go there, I normally start out with a series of questions. Okay. uh, And the first one has to do with brand position. So we were just talking about your photography business and the market that you're in. I'm curious what your business's brand position is, what the unique value proposition is that you offer to your local marketplace. So we're real big on the customer experience and energy. I like to, in each one of my sessions, I try to make sure that I am the director but the head director is always my client. Okay. Uh, with my client being the head director, we want to make sure that they feel the energy that the studio is bringing. We make sure that their experience is one that's high strong, one full of energy, and is very engaging. So the way we've marketed ourselves over the years is through a lot of uh, referrals and a lot of people that we already know um, for friends of friends. Uh, so we just kind of make sure that the experience that we bring here from the beginning to the end is one that they do, that they will not forget. And is one that they want to uh, refer some of their friends yeah. and their family members to experience the same thing. Oh, that, that totally makes sense. And, and, you know, I think this is something I've been highlighting quite a bit on the podcast, but in 2021, there's so many photographers and, and I mean, it's a, it's a saturated market. And so we have to figure out ways to stand out, which then enables us to be able to get more business. Uh, right. But it's funny how connections, relationships yeah. at the end of the day is really such a large part of how we're going to be able to gain that business. If we're trying to to market in the masses or market to the masses, uh, that complicates our, our marketing strategies a little bit. It's certainly feasible. Absolutely. Plenty of people do it well. But the cool thing is, if we just deliver a really great experience, the photography has got to be decent. But if, if we deliver a really great experience, it's going to get people talking and then drive more business our way. And and I noticed yeah. on the homepage of your site, it, I normally look for brand position statements on the homepage of a website. I scroll just slightly down on the homepage of your site and it says consistent deliverer. And I have, I've never seen any position statement or a statement like that on a photographer's <laughs> site before. I'd love to understand better what that means as it relates to the experience. I, I tried to make sure that every time uh, that you're dealing with me, you have the same consistent uh, package given to you. Okay. Uh, I, I won't call names as far as businesses, but there are a couple of businesses around that may sell chicken. We'll use chicken for an example. Sure. Uh, and every time you go to this particular business, they're always greeting you with a smile. 
They always make sure that your order is uh, completely satisfactionable to your likings. I'm making sure you have perfect condiments. Uh, the app is uh, great. Yeah. And you think about the price that you're paying for this particular service. And you don't really you don't necessarily care right. because the customer service and the connection is always so great. You know, there are also there are also some some grocery stores the same way. You know, if you walk in during the COVID time, they'll make sure that whenever you get your buggy, it's wiped down with some type of sanitizer. Uh, the first thing they ask you at the register, did you find anything you're looking for today? You know, little things like that you think about with the customer service and the connection, you kind of forget all about price. Well, and yeah, and you're willing to pay a little bit extra for that experience, right? I mean, Absolutely. again, in a, in a day and age where there are a lot of, well, there are a lot of potential solutions to whatever problem, need, desire that we may have in the marketplace, with that being the case, then what is going to ultimately stand out to us outside of a good product, no question that that plays a role, particularly at, at, at certain times. But if we have a just an amazing experience, you walk away saying that was an, in fact, somebody was talking about this the other day, and I don't remember, I wish I had more context, so I can remember more context. So, but I was in a conversation with somebody or hearing somebody describe this particular business that they interacted with. And they said it was an experience. And, and that's if, if somebody walks away from interacting with our photography business saying that was an experience. Oh, my word. That was the most amazing experience that I've had, certainly with a photographer and really with most any third party company. That was an amazing experience. If you can consistently, to your point, Todd, consistently deliver on that experience, then you're going to get repeat business without issue. Absolutely. That's that's the way I look at it every time. You have to be consistent. And that consistency in business actually uh, teeters into other parts of your life as well. You just become real consistent in everything that you're doing, whether it be, you know, your health, yeah. whether it be your your connection with your personal friends, your business. You just become a consistent person. Some people may call you anal. You <laughs> may call you a geek, but, you know, it becomes a part of who you are. Yeah, that and that's a great point. Uh, consistency is a value of mine. One of the big ideas that I strive for and have, have worked at improving on, certainly for the last, particularly, honestly, even in the last six months to a year. And this relates to the way that I manage my, my emotions as an individual, just as a human being, certainly the way that I show up for work. And ultimately, the, the experience that I deliver in my interaction with others, whether that's, again, personal relationships, my kids even, uh, my girlfriend, family. It's, it's something that I'm going to continue to work at. But you're right. If somebody can rely on the fact that when they interact with you, they're going to get whatever, fill in the blank, this experience. Um, right. And hopefully it's a positive one. That that, exactly. that enables a certain amount of trust, which can also encourage an even better relationship. And I think that's that's super important. I really appreciate your perspective on this, but I want to kind of change gears here. And let's actually talk about time management. And this, it strikes me, I don't know this, so I'm, I'm curious to hear your answer, but you strike me as somebody who is a good time manager. Is that the case? I would say that is, that is very true. Okay. Um, I, was, I was cursed, yet blessed to have a father that was in the military. Okay. And need I say any more? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> was of the, time was of the essence. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. You know, leaving to go to church at 930, we started preparing at about maybe 8, 830. Yes. So yeah, at like nine thirty, we were we were not actually getting in the car. We were in the car. Yeah. So yeah. So his so timing has become one of the uh, big things in my life, making sure that everything's precise. And once again, it goes back to that consistency, analyst type of thing where they all kind of time in. They all tie try to time in together with timing. 
So, you know, I can relate to your experience uh, to a point. My dad wasn't uh, in the military, but he he treated time in a very, very similar way to what you're describing. And as a result of my interaction with him, as it related to time management, I, I certainly gained have gained a certain amount of respect, an incredible amount of respect, actually, for time, and especially as it relates to others. This is something else I've had to work on. I take it personally when somebody doesn't show up on time for an agreed meeting or whatever it might be, yes. because... Yes. because of how this has been instilled in me. But I also right. try to, to respect the other person's time as well. And I feel terrible if, if I don't show up, you know, exactly on time or more ideally even early, because I, th- I think time, I mean, we are, it, we are so limited in the amount of time that we have and everybody is the same in that regard. So if we're not respecting others' time, I, I, I don't know, that, that says something to our character. Whole conversation <laughs> for maybe a different day. But as it relates to time, I'm curious, and especially you being one who is, is good in managing time, is there a principle or two that you're implementing in your business that enables you to run this business, but then also have time for yourself, time for important people in your life? You may or may not remember this one on, and, and I'm not giving you props, you know, on, on your show just because, you know, this is the right thing to do. But one of the first things that I did uh, in my business was to consider how could I pull back on some more time, Okay, pull more time back. And one of the first things that I thought about that was holding me down was culling of images, color correction, and editing. Okay. So I looked around and I looked around. I said, what am I going to do? So I ended up going with photographer's edit. Now, the crazy thing about it was I went to the cookout. Yeah. Shout out to Tamaya to, to, to Coleman. Absolutely. And it was in Atlanta. I was just, you know, just, I didn't know anybody there. Really. The first I one, told, actually. The first one. Yeah. I did not know anyone there. I was just kind of hanging around. I saw, I saw this guy, you know, he didn't necessarily, like he really fit in because there were a lot of people there with that little, little darker pigmentation. <laughs> yeah. So he and I just got it. We just started talking. You know, yeah. I always feel like there's everybody in the world has some common thread somewhere. 100%. You know, there's, there's something that you can kind of pull from a conversation to really just start talking. Yeah. So me and this guy, we'll just call him Nathan for, uh, you know, for conversation purposes. <laughs> he and I just started talking. We were just talking, talking, just, you know, start talking about him riding motorcycles. I don't ride motorcycles, but, you know, we just started talking. And sure. he said, you know, and I said, he asked me, so, you know, photographer wise, what have you been doing to kind of make your, your business better? I said, well, I said, I started outsourcing my color correction. And my calling, I said, I call, still call them on, but I started outsourcing my color correction and some of my editing to this company, this town company by the name of Photographer's Edit. He said, how you like it? I said, man, it has been a godsend. I said, it really <laughs> helped my life. Yeah. And he was like, would you believe I actually own that company? I was like, yeah, whatever. He's like, I ain't serious. <laughs> Dude, it freaked me out. And to this, to this day, man, it has been one of the best experiences that I have ever made. Oh, man, that's uh, cool. And, yeah. And because of you, I had no problem with getting the premiere service, you know, as far as being with the quicker turnaround. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not that I bother you, but it's still cool to know that I know the owner of the business. Whereas in your folks, they actually embody the way that you treat me. They treat me the same way with that type of experience. I mean, every time I'm up for renewal or whatever, I have no problem at all with uh, patronizing you guys. Wow. So with that, that has really helped me tremendously. 
So the outsourcing of uh, that part of my business has been tremendous and really helped me out. Wow. First of all, I have to say for everybody listening in, please know that that I had no idea Todd was going to even bring this up. So that this was not meant to be a big commercial for for PE. That's super generous of you, Todd. And honestly, it just made my day to hear that that not only has this ultimately benefited your business, but the, the experience overall has just been so great. And I'd love to hear, too, that our team is delivering consistently on the type of interaction, the type of relationship that we started with, that that kind of interaction. That's really encouraging to hear too. It's something that we work at. It's super encouraging. So I just appreciate the very gracious, very kind shout out. Yes. Yes. Keep up the great work. Uh, And I think, I think it starts at the top. You know, if, if you have a great leader or you have a great head, the body has to follow. Now, if the head gets jacked up and you start doing your own thing, then your body's going to going to take on that that same life so always remember the vibes you give is going to be felt down uh down below it's and uh, yeah that that's a wonderful powerful <laughs> reminder and hey everybody listening and they may not get anything from the show today but i just that that hit home for me and that's a, a powerful reminder and, and i really appreciate that and certainly it's an it's a work in progress we have a really open style of communication and relationship with with my team at Photographer's Edit. And one of the things that I'm quite transparent with them about as well is my effort at that communication, being a better communicator. Um, right. Because, you know, there are too many experiences. I'm sure plenty of people listening in as well have had these where, you know, you work for a corporation and you're you're quite limited in mm-hmm. the amount of communication that you're allowed to have with those that are in charge when it comes to ideation, being creative, making changes to the company. There's just not a lot of room for that kind of thing. And it's, it is a, man, it's an, it's an open invitation, certainly for communication and, and frank communication if necessary. Um, I, I am open to feedback from my team and that makes a big difference, but it, it's a work in progress. I just appreciate the encouragement and the reminder. That's really huge. And for those of you listening in, if you're interested in outsourcing your editing, just go simply go to photographersedit.com, just like it sounds. And you can learn more about our services there for for wedding, portrait, event photographers, commercial photographers. I will ask you one question, Todd. How much time do you think you saved like in a week, week to week uh, by outsourcing your editing? Oh, gosh. I, oh, man. I would say if it's 24 hours in the day, I would say that I have probably saved, I'll probably say I saved 24 hours inside of a week. Wow. I can, I can probably say I've saved a day. Wow. Um, because, uh, of course, you know, whenever you do weddings that, you know, that can really, you know, that can really kind of slow you down a little bit. For sure. Um, but I think the more you do it, the better you become in as far as taking shots. So therefore, about if, if I was taking 20,000 shots before, uh, over time, I've gotten to a point where I'm taking 15,000 now, which means I may be able to get them down to 750. You know, so that does that does uh, reduce the amount of time that you guys are having to work on stuff for me. Sure. But it's still I mean, you guys have been rock solid as far as the turnaround time on everything. And and you've taken any type of um, recommendations that I've made yeah. over the time to kind of make things better. So and then now I'm going to let it go. And then but then you after you spend so much money, then you get credit as well. I'm like, it's like, this is the gift that keeps giving, you know? It's funny. Uh, So for those of you listening in that that aren't familiar, we have a rewards program and you get reward points for just simply placing orders with us. You also get reward points for referrals. Those reward points can be used as credit toward editing service, or you can even get an Amazon gift card. And it's funny, Todd, like after a certain amount of time, there've been certain users um, of Photographer's Edit who didn't realize the reward system was there. 
and then they realize me? it and they've spent that was me. <laughs> you cashed out, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is free money. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm 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 super encouraged by this. And again, thank you very very much for the for the gracious and kind words. And and for those Absolutely. of you listening in, if you want to be able to even even delegate some of what is probably the most time consuming element of any photography business, the editing portion of your business, um, we'd certainly love to help. And uh, we'll we'll link to photographers edit in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Talk to me, Todd, about an impactful business or self help book that has made a really big impact in your life in the last few years. Man, probably good old Franklin Covey, man, from back in the day with the seven effective habits. Yeah. Effective people. Yeah. Way back in the day before technology um, took over like it is now, I took one of his courses and we had like a little planner and the planner was, you know, you would note every day, you would note out all your, your to do's for the day. And you would note out what was A1, which, I mean, what were the A's, what were the B's? And that really, that really just kind of still hit home with me. And, and still to this day, sometimes I still pull out a regular journal and I make all of my notes or, or my to-dos for the week mm. um, and make sure that I kind of stick with those seven habits of uh, highly effective people. Uh, been a great book, man. And I always recommend it to folks over the years, uh, the things that I can do, you know, just kind of be proactive and, you know, always try to begin with the end in mind. Just so small things that you always think about. Uh, it, forced, it, it, can, it can be a good thing and a bad thing because I'm always thinking big picture. I'm always thinking big picture, which is kind of one of the effective habits of him uh, beginning with the end in mind. So I try not to get too caught up with first base. I'm kind of always looking at home plate, but I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss the journey from first to second to third to home plate, but I always kind of, kind of begin on, begin with knowing where I want to end up. That's really, okay. I, I want to touch on that in just a second. For everybody listening in, seven habits of highly effective people. I, Todd, you mentioned Franklin Covey. I think that's the planner, right? This is Stephen Covey. That's right. Stephen. Yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry. Yes, Stephen. No, no, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. all good. Yeah. We'll, we, and yeah. we'll put this in the show notes for everybody listening in. If you go to bocapodcast.com, there are show notes for every episode. We link to the resources that we mentioned and the seven habits of highly effective people. Stephen Covey, we'll put that there in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. I find it really interesting. And honestly, Todd, I'm not surprised the bit that I know you and that we've interacted that you tend to think big picture. You, you said that you're trying to avoid thinking big picture too much. Is there such a thing as too much, really? And and what does that mean to you? Ah, well, sometimes if you think it too much, like I, I, I briefly alluded to, sometimes you can miss the journey from first base to second base. Okay. Uh, because sometimes you may be thinking, okay, you think you you think an end result, but sometimes you may miss some of the small things on the inside. And I think every situation kind of lends itself to a different lens, so to speak, sure. you know, kind of shooting photography wise, you know, you know, a lens is a lens, but yet still the 1424 is going to give you a totally different picture mm. from an 85 millimeter. Mm -hmm. So you're still putting the lens on the camera, but your picture is going to look totally different. So that's why I say sometimes I may, it may not be good to always think big picture, but I found that thinking big picture over half of half of the time has, um, has, has, has fared well for me. Well, it's, it's a, actually, I think it's a, a tendency that many photographers might even be jealous of, because I think most photographers, and, and I've certainly been guilty of this, it's, it's easy for us just to be kind of, you know, blinders on almost in the moment, reacting to whatever's happening in front of us. And, mm -hmm. and it can be easy to get to that space because there are so many different things that we have to juggle as a, an individual business owner. So that can be a bit overwhelming. And then we lose sight of those bigger picture goals. Like we talk about here on the podcast quite a bit 
I think there is a lot of value in learning how to think big picture. And the cool thing about that is it's not mutually exclusive then to paying attention to the details. And I'm curious what this looks like for you, Todd, but the way that I see it is if I have the the big picture view established, if I know my long-term goals personally, that then enables me to put together an effective business model, which then determines to, to your point about details, determines how I'm spending time day to day. I know that this this fits yes. the bigger picture goals, so it makes sense that I do these things. This does not, so I'm not going to engage in that, or at the very least, I'm going to delegate it out. What, what are your thoughts on that? I totally agree. I think I think it may also have a lot to do with my, I guess, my original background. Okay. Uh, my original background, I have a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science. So in my first life, uh, I was I was a, a programmer, a computer programmer. Yeah. And you can't necessarily think small. You can't think one line of code. You have to think about, okay, I need this to work from yes. the beginning to the end. Yeah. You know, and I just can't say, okay, all right, I got through one line. Oh, I got an ad bin now. Okay, now. So you wind up spending a lot of time uh, in the cycle trying to fix from this point to that point. And once you get there, you celebrate, you celebrate and then you, you continue and you waste a lot of time just kind of fixing problems. Mm. But if you just kind of put more of the effort up front to kind of say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It's going to take a longer period of time to get there. But I understand once I start walking this way, then it's not as, as hard to do. It's kind of like also in photography and, and I'll touch this real quick and I get off of it because I think some people think different about it. It's kind of like if you're shooting with a client okay. and you see a trash can in the background. You can easily go over and move the trash can or you can shoot it right then and there and take it out and post. So if you think big picture, you're like, you know what? I can save some time, take 10 seconds to walk over here, move the trash can out of the way, or I can go ahead and shoot it right now and then worry about it at a later time. Yeah, that's such a great analogy too, because at least what I've found is that those things that that I don't take care of looking at the big picture aren't mm-hmm. usually super time consuming, but the difference that it makes is mm-hmm. quite significant. Uh, right. And so I, I think that's a really fascinating analogy. Well, that's that's good. And, yep. and for those of you listening in, again, if you haven't read that book, check out the book. And and then also, if you go to bocapodcast.com, and you can actually look for um, episodes where we talk about this this idea of a big picture view. I think it's a very relevant conversation. And you, you want to listen into an episode or two as it relates to that topic. We'll, we'll see if maybe we can link to one or two of those episodes in the show notes, actually, at bocapodcast.com as well. Super important to, to be really clear about your big picture view because it will literally act as a, as a map of sorts that, that gets you through your days, through your weeks, um, and you're spending time on the things that are actually getting you closer to your, your bigger picture goals. It's super important. Um, speaking of bigger picture goals, Todd, we're, we're going to transition into kind of the, the bigger topic at hand for today. Okay. And, and that is a really how we as photographers, photography business owners can not just simply better manage our health, uh, but to do so, I said simply already, but to do so simply, um, because I think one of the things that, that is most over or can be most overwhelming when it comes to managing our health is that it seems like there's just this overwhelming amount of information, yes. overwhelming yes. amount of potential opportunities as far as the mm-hmm. way that we eat and the way that we work out. And I, I want to kind of minimize that overwhelm so that those our listeners can focus in on the actions that are going to get them results. I will add the caveat here before I let you kind of take it, <laughs> um, that, that this is not meant to be medical or professional advice today. Um, although I will say Todd is actually, Todd, your background, you have a background as a personal trainer. Can you give a little bit of context to that? Yeah. So while I was in my previous life as a uh, computer programmer, yeah. I uh, went and I got certified. A NASM, I was NASM certified as a personal trainer. 
Uh, during that time, I specialized in, of course, training folks, believe it or not. But I was more of a, I didn't, I did not train at a, uh, a large gym. I actually trained for an insurance company doing in-home trainings. Oh, that's so cool. At, okay. Right. So at one point in time, I think the most clients I had was six clients at, at one time. Uh, and that was at, during, during the weekly time. I did that for a good little bit, got semi burned out because it can be, it can be a little time consuming. Um, and, and, and it also can be hard uh, working with some folks that may or may not grasp your vision. As a personal trainer, I told them that my goal was for them to fire me. And what I mean by that was my goal was to teach them mm. and empower them to be self-sufficient that I'm not needed. Love it. Yeah. So I said, you know, I would love for you to continue to make me rich, giving me X amount of dollars per month. But my goal is for you to fire me. So over time, uh, I actually got to that point where I was able to make sure my clients were self-sufficient uh, to be able to maintain. And I just chose to not necessarily do it anymore in the paid, in the paid, uh, in the paid professional way. realm. Yeah. Professional. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And I just kind of do it more so with friends and, and family and just, you know, that way it takes some of the pressure off of me uh, because it was a little, it was a little um, stressful at times. Uh, it's kind of like a relationship. Whereas in you had clients that you would meet with them, you know, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And then on Thursday, Friday and Saturday or Sunday, you know, they were on their own. Mm. And during Monday, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, they were loyal. You know, they did everything they told you, (laughs) everything that you wanted them to do. I mean, it was a great relationship. Well, when you saw them again on Monday, you know, they had been doing some of everything under the sun because the stuff that they were able to do easily on Monday they were unable to do it the, the previous Monday. So the question is, okay, have you been cheating on me? Have mm. you been doing A, B, and C mm-hmm. on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? So it ca- it became a little disheartening at times, to say the least. I get so, that. I get yeah. that. I, I know there have yeah. been instances in the, in the photo industry where uh, people have, have asked for advice, and I'll, I'll make, or I see opportunity to make suggestion and they're open to the idea. And so I spend time you know, coming up with a plan, sharing workflows, Absolutely. this kind of thing. And, and it's kind of like, okay, thanks. And then, and then they walk away and there's no obvious indication that, that they're taking that and, and going and doing something with it. And I know that like at the outset, it's easy to say, well, we shouldn't have expectations there, but I, I say all that to say that I understand how disheartening it can be when you pour into someone Right, and, and then you see that it doesn't result in, in change for the, for the positive. And so, yeah, I get that. Yeah. And, and, and you're probably like me, whereas I don't force myself on folks, but it's like, if you open up, if you come to me, you knock on the door and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. I'm going to pour into you. Yeah. And if I pour into you, I feel that we have now engaged in some type of relationship. Mm-hmm. Which means that because of us being in this relationship, I'm expecting you to do some of the things that we talked about. Yeah. And for you to not do that says, once again, what we talked about earlier, you wasted my time. <laughs> All right. So for you everybody know? listening in, <laughs> if you don't plan on following through what Todd's going to say today, just go ahead and oh, shut God. it off now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you, have to, you know, you have to be careful who you pour into. You know, you can you can always um, you can give, you know, bits and pieces to everyone. Mm. But but to really, really pour deep from your soul, you have to kind of um, got to kind of save some of that for 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 folks, you know. Yes, sir. That, that's a yes. That, and again, another topic we could probably separate for a whole episode. <laughs> um, we'll leave that alone for the time being. I want to get to what you've observed with your background in personal training. And by the way, I also have to add just really quick for anybody who's not ever met Todd, you meet Todd 
And the immediate question that comes to mind is, Todd, how do you look this way and how can I learn how to look like you? Because <laughs> Todd is a, a physical specimen. And, and the reason I bring this up is because, you know, when, when you start hearing people giving advice, you're like, well, what's your, what are your credentials? And you're a personal trainer, but you actually practice what you preach, I guess is the point that I'm trying to make here. Just to give a little bit of context to, to everybody listening in, you're actually hearing from somebody who not only has the training, the background, but also practices what he preached and it shows. Todd, I'm curious, as you have been in the photography industry and just have listened to conversations, observed other photographers, maybe had conversations as it relates to health and health management, what are some of the biggest ways that you feel like photographers are hurting their health? Hmm. So that's kind of, that's kind of a loaded question. And like Fair. Said, we could be here all day on that one. I think one of the big things that we as photographers, we don't understand the power of water. Hmm, okay. The power of water. Water is, you know, similar to, I guess you could say, the fuel and energy of your camera. You know, that I, I liken those two to be the same. Like water is equivalent to fuel and energy for your camera. Hmm. The second, the, the second one, I would think that we can we mix up duration over intensity. We think a lot of times we have to be out there working out for three hours and 47, seven minutes mm. for it to be effective. And I would say that's just like a, a photography session. You know, if you're out there shooting for four hours with one person, are we overdoing this? Can you not get those same quality shots in maybe an hour versus four hours and 37 minutes? Yeah. You know, then another thing I would say is we choose bad food. We don't choose quality food. And I would liken that to us buying bad gear. You know, we may spend, uh, and I'm not going to call names, but I, one of the first thing that I found out when I started, when I started shooting was people always told me, they said, the money is in the glass. Yeah. I had no idea what they meant by that. And I found that out after I had already went and bought a 7,300. Okay. I could, I, I said, that just didn't make sense. Why a 7,300 was cheaper than the 7,200. <laughs> you know, I said, that doesn't make any sense. You know, I, I spent $600 on this lens. And you mean to tell me that the other one's going to be like 1,700? I just did not understand. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that a 7,300 is not a quality lens, but you know, you get a lot more bang for your buck in the 7,200. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think quality in food uh, also compared to quality gear. Also, we make it too difficult. We don't keep it simple. We do not keep it simple. I liken that with, you know, making sure you get that sure shot first when you're when you're shooting. I think sometimes we would try to hang from the chandelier first and try to shoot the bride versus actually maybe stepping up over some steps and kind of making sure you had that sure shot. So keeping it simple first before you're trying to get fancy. And I think the other biggest one is just teamwork. And I'll say teamwork as far as collaborating with us. I liken that to collaborating with other photographers as well. Okay. So those are my five, my five biggies. Okay, so I'm I'm taking notes as we're as we're talking here. I wrote down uh, we don't understand the power of water. Uh, I'm right. honestly really curious about this. We're going to get to the details here in a second. We don't understand okay. the power of water. Uh, mm -hmm. We confuse the benefits of duration and intensity, uh, mm -hmm. or duration versus intensity. We mm -hmm. choose bad food. We complicate mm -hmm. things, and we don't collaborate. Okay, th this is really interesting list. I don't think okay. probably <laughs> every one of these items would be, I guess, points that that many would would assume would be brought okay. up as it relates to health. So let's let's break down each one. We don't understand the power of water. Can you explain what you mean? Right. So your body is roughly sixty percent an average of water, uh, considering you know your height and you know your size but your body's made so much of water 
and a lot of a lot of the water it's um, instrumental with your brain and your kidney. Hmm. You know, if your kidney, you've heard people have kidney failure, and always the solution for that is to make sure that he or she drinks a lot of water. You know, and also with your heart. So the the benefits of water is it removes waste from your body. Sure. You know, it should it should be through maybe sweating, uh, urination, or bowel movement. So that kind of keeps you regular. It keeps your temperatures down, mm. lubricates those joints. Uh, so therefore, getting up from a shot, you know, it's not as hard. I'm not saying water's gonna make you know your your joint pains just go away, but there's so much power in water that we just don't take advantage of. We'll quickly grab a grab a soda, or we'll grab we'll grab Gatorade because we're sweating, but therefore we're trying to put electrolytes back in. But you haven't really lost any electrolytes, mm. so there's so much power in water because water helps with. Um, so many different uh, bodily helps, functions, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. It also helps with uh, you know losing weight, you know, because you're taking away all that other, all all that bad stuff as far as sugar is concerned. And I feel like a lot of times, if we as photographers, we do this, do small things. Like for example, take carry water bottle with you. A lot of times, if you take stuff with you, you're more or less inclined to actually buy the bad stuff, you know. So it's like when I was younger, my dad. It's, it's probably illegal now, but my dad would allow us to take certain snacks to football games which means that if we take certain snacks at the game, we're not going to spend that extra money on other things that they're selling the concession stands. Sure, sure. So, so if you take your water with you, uh, you're more inclined to drink it and your body's going to feel a whole lot better. You don't see a lot of folks actually working out and drinking sodas. <laughs> it's fair. You it's know? fair. Now, you as know? far as the amount though, that we're looking to drink, what is the recommended amount? Cause when I, when I think about carrying a water bottle around, to me, that just sounds like a very 21st century American and, thing to yeah. do. Um, right. you know, and, and, and I just, I say this kind of an extreme, I had this extreme picture in my head of like thinking back to, you know, hundreds of years ago, maybe even thousands of years ago <laughs> where you drank water when you needed to. And that was kind of it. And it seems like our culture has kind of gotten obsessed with this idea that we need to drink water all the time. And I wonder if, if it's actually as needed as some people are behaving, where, where what's the actual recommendation? Where does that information come from? Well, the re- the actual recommendation is, I think the average, well, I mean, the smallest amount that you should be drinking is 64 ounces a day, Okay, which is equivalent to eight cups of water, which is equivalent to maybe four bottles of your standard water. Because most water bottles, you know, like the Dasani or Aquafina or whatever, it's like a 16.9 or 20 ounce. So if you figure if you drink, well, I'm sorry, I mean, my math may be off a little bit, but if you drink three to four of those a day to get you to 64, yeah. that's the quote unquote recommended to get you there. Now, when you go in and you throw, um, you're having, you're working out more, um, you have to replenish what, you, what you've lost. Uh, I've always read and heard that by the time that you are thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Huh. And a lot of times, that, yes, yes. And a lot of times that can be seen in, because like I'm sitting here right now and I'm sweating a little bit, which means I'm actually losing water. Yeah. And you don't really think about it. That's interesting. You don't think about it that way. I think about food and fuel and calorie burn and, and mm-hmm. needing to replenish, but I don't really think of water like that. And I guess it would be the logical thing to do. That That's interesting. Yes. Yes. So water is, is so powerful um, because it helps flush out all that gunk inside of your body sure. that we put in. Now we won't go to the level of saying, you know, water with this pH level and that pH level, but, um, Speaking of, yeah, I mean, speaking of overcomplicating things, I think we can get too yeah. a little bit too carried away there, yeah. right? Now, I, now I will say this: a, a good trick that I've learned to help folks out. I used to tell teach my clients. Uh, they said, "Well, I can't drink sixty four ounces of water every day." I said, "Okay, we can make this real simple for you. You get a twenty ounce water, a bottle of water, and you drink that on your way to work." Okay, 
That's that's one cup. That's I mean, that's one bottle that's down. While you're at work, before you leave to get back in your car to go home, make sure you drink another you drink another bottle. Okay. That's another. Now we're at 40 ounces. If you, if you've taken two 20 ounce bottles in at night, if you can drink one more of those bottles, plus maybe a half of another, you've you've reached your 64. Yeah. So you've you've only drank three bottles of water throughout the day, but you've gotten close to your goal. So it's a little small tricks like that. Uh, some tricks that I do not recommend is actually putting uh, sugars into your water because where I'm from growing up, sugar inside of your water was equivalent to what they call Kool-Aid. Fair enough. Yeah. I drank a lot of yeah. Kool-Aid growing up too. I still think <laughs> yeah, back actually to when my, you know, we used to, to make this stuff. So I grew up in Japan and even in okay. J- Japan, wow, I, I think, didn't know that. yeah, we, we had, we, I spent about 10 years over there, but I think okay. even when we were in Japan, we had friends or family, whoever sending the, the Kool-Aid packs over from the States. So we'd still have these Kool-Aid and it was, you know, a super treat to like open the grape Kool-Aid pack and, yes, and yes. dump that into the, the container. But the thing that just it boggles my mind now thinking back on it was the cup, literal cup of sugar that we the were then cup. pouring into yes. like a, a full measuring cup of sugar into that, into that container and then filling it with water, stirring it. And we were drinking this stuff. <laughs> yes, I mean, it yes. tasted good, but holy cow, that is a lot of sugar to be consuming. Yeah. Just like it's nothing. And, and uh, wow. Yeah. We, we definitely need to stay away from, stay away from that. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I've always, you see, you hear like people say, if you put a Kool-Aid pack inside of water, you, you now have Kool-Aid. It's not water anymore. So if you actually put a tea bag inside of water, it's no longer water. It's called tea. You know? <laughs> so when you add something to water, it then takes on the, the life of whatever you placed in inside of there. So we need to kind of stick with water. And if it gets to a point where you can really can't handle it, then maybe adding like a lemon or a lime to kind of, you know, make the taste a little bit better uh, is good. But for the most part, you know, water is needed. Uh, to just flush out the the bad stuff, and it also, like I said, as a as a as a photographer, it really helps because most of the time we're moving around a whole lot, and what you really want is to stay as cool as possible. And water has been uh, something that has that I found to be very beneficial. Wow. Okay. All right. So we we got water, and we we need to at least get in sixty four ounces. And I, this is a good reminder for me because I, I have some uh, some containers that are great for keeping water cold. And I've just been super inconsistent. Sometimes I drink and, and drink quite a bit, you know, for a few days or whatever. And then, and I go back to well, not because I don't yeah. have this kind of craving for water for one. Well, no, well, well I mean, I don't think anyone ever craves water, uh, not unless you're like really active. I mean, like, like when you're really active, then you're like, yeah, I really want to kind of rehydrate. Sure. But I don't think anyone ever sits down and say, you know what, I, I can really go for a good glass of water right now I, I, it really <laughs> tastes good you know fair enough fair enough yeah yeah so. all right well consistency is key like we like we were talking about so all right so we, right. we start with water at least 64 ounces more if, if you're exercising that's that's a good place to start um then you said we we as photographers confuse duration with intensity when it comes to the benefits that we can get from exercise talk about that absolutely so i think we have been taught that um Long periods of time are, are better than short periods of time. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, the benefits of actually uh, making sure that intensity over duration are, are numerous. Like one of the greatest benefits of actually intensity over duration uh, elevates your heart rate. Uh, so the, the I know it sounds crazy and it hurts, but the more your heart is beating with your heart getting to a higher point, it, it, sheds, it sheds fat more. And then the more fat that you have, also more calories you tend to burn, 
And those are things that actually helps your body. So therefore, a 20 minute workout with small amounts of rest is a whole lot better than a 60 minute workout of a lower pace. Mm. Yeah, there's a there's a um, quite a bit of research behind this too, from what I understand. And it, it does one of the things that, that it can do is help kind of minimize the stress response that your body faces when you're doing longer periods of cardio somebody goes for an hour long run don't get me wrong i love to run in fact i would probably do so uh, more readily if if i didn't have any issues that i do but Mm -hmm. those longer periods of extended cardio um, can put a certain strain on your body that you don't necessarily face if you're if you're doing that high intensity shorter duration workout which is huge and there's also apparently a a pretty significant hormonal benefit as well that comes from Mm -hmm. that approach to exercise and and I want that, I, especially as, yeah. you know, with muscular development and and just exactly. for managing my hormones in general, um, I I definitely would lean toward that. Of course, the 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 benefit along with those benefits we just talked about, the benefit is that it doesn't take as long to get those benefits, which is even more brilliant. Absolutely, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you know, so I I kind of I, I semi serve two masters in in that in that capacity because okay. I am also I am also a runner. I am a runner that does races. Okay. Now I am not of the elite caliber, whereas, and I'm actually going to uh, win against some of these uh, runners from these other countries and all this other stuff. But I am able to handle my own in my own little my little age group and everything like that. Cool. So I do. Yeah. So I I I will um, run like on Saturdays on my long runs. So I I'll do at the at the at the minimum, I'll do 10 miles and probably no more than 15. But during the week, I have more shorter runs. Okay. Whereas I get in and get it out, you know, I may do a tempo run, I may do speed work, but those are quick bursts of uh, exercises or quick sessions to kind of get in and get out, you know, Uh, but I've had to go through time of figuring this out to know that this works just as well as trying to stay in there working out for a long period of time. So I think a lot of photographers and just people in general say, well, I would work out, but I just don't have the hour. I don't have an hour and a half out of my schedule to do this. You know, all I have is 20 minutes. All I have is 30 minutes. I'm like, dude, that works. You know, you can go jump rope for five minutes. You can do pushups for another five. You can do, you can do squats for five and you can do some, some, uh, some bicycles and you're done. That's 20 minutes. We confuse a decent workout being something that has to be long where it really doesn't have to be. They went back and they renamed it now HIT, high intensity uh, training. So, yeah, the thing about the high intensity interval training that you see, you see that HIT label, H I I T, for anybody listening and who's not familiar, right. high intensity interval training, and you'll see that label on all kinds of exercises now. And it, right. and it kind of cracks me up. In fact, I just saw an article where it was pointing out, hey, look, not everything that you see labeled as high intensity interval high training intensity. That's right. is that. I guess one of the kind of almost like the father of high intensity interval training um this or at least the the principle the idea comes from the tabata method mm-hmm. which was 20 second intervals of high intensity exercise followed by 10 seconds of rest and you repeated it eight times for a total of 4 minutes mm-hmm. and and i think even with that a 4 minute workout anybody listening in you're like man i don't have time to work out and then you hear you can do it in four minutes, but not only do it in four minutes, but the benefits that came even from a four yes. minute workout where in, in the study, they compare this to those who were doing longer sessions was significant. It's, it's really amazing. Now, you have to be willing to truly push yourself during that Absolutely. high intensity interval, 
but the, the benefits are amazing. And, and at the end of the day, Todd, you and I could totally geek out over the science of this stuff. I think for <laughs> most people listening in, they're like, I don't really care about that. Just tell me what I need to do for the benefits. Right. And so I love that you highlight really the biggest benefit, at least for everybody listening in here, is it doesn't have to take you that long. You've been wanting to get back in shape or you want to get in better shape. And you're like, I don't have that much time. That's fine. You can get a really great workout in and, and even 10 or 20 minutes if you're willing to push yourself in that, in that interval. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's huge. Okay. Well, let's keep going then. Um, okay. We choose bad food. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, that's obvious, but I push back on them a little bit, Todd. Explain in a little bit more detail here, because I think too, along with this topic comes, you know, what we think of as bad food in pop culture. And then what we think of as, as uh, or maybe better understand as bad food for those of us who maybe have done a little bit more research and looked at the science behind it. What, what does it mean when you say bad food? Yeah, so we want to get those foods in that's going to help. Um, and I'm throwing around some nasty words when I say this, but we want to get those foods that's going to help uh, keep away those diseases like diabetes and cardiovascular disease and cancer. So some of those foods can be real simple as far as fruits, your vegetables, uh, your whole grains, trying to stay away from as much processed food as possible. Uh I've heard a lot of times they said, if you buy something and, and once again, don't shoot me and Nathan for saying this, but sometimes a, a lot of stuff, you tend to find it in a container. I mean, like in a bag, it's been processed. Yeah. So, you know, if you can grab a, an apple or you can grab uh, some almonds, you know, something that's, that's more, I'm saying more. Uh, well, it's natural. Grown. It is. Right. It is, more natural. You're eating what it is, what it is. There's, there's nothing processed about it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So that is what we call quality foods. Like I said, it's, it's equivalent to buying you know quality equipment as as a photographer. We don't want to spend our money on a lot of cheap stuff uh, because the old cliche falls true, whether it be photography or for life. You're going to pay for it now or you're going to pay for it later. Mm. Now, talk to me a little bit. I, I obviously fully support the, the notion of eating quality foods, especially as it relates to the idea of eating unprocessed foods. Talk to me a little bit about macros. And, and for those of you listening in, just keeping it really simple, um, we're talking about the, the ratio of fats to proteins to, to carbohydrate. Uh, when I think about, I mean, fruit even to an extent, but especially something like uh, Smoothie King. I used, to, mm -hmm. I used to eat smoothies thinking that you know, this was a super healthy thing, uh, add a bit of protein, maybe even makes it even healthier. But what mm -hmm. I wasn't really looking at at the time, or considering at the time, was the the grand the number of grams of sugar in a smoothie. Yes, sir. Is, yes, sir. I mean, you might as well have a milkshake in, in some yes, cases. Sir. So, talk to me a little bit about macros and and make some recommendations here because I, I do want if if you're eating cheeseburgers and and candy bars and chips nonstop and you make a move to eating fruit, for example, that's going to be a big step in the right direction. But I also right. don't want our listeners to to forget about especially the significance of sugar as it relates to the wide variety of health issues that we face in our country. Absolutely. Sugar is huge, Nathan. Um, and I think a lot of times what we don't do is we don't read. A lot of times, because I remember when I used to go to Smoothie King, no, I went to uh, Tropical Smoothie. Yeah. And I would get the avocado, but I think the way they had sugar, it was phrased as something else. Uh, I couldn't okay. remember what it was. Okay. So it was like some, some name was like, oh, that, that, that sounds like it tastes good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so a lot of times we have to just ask the questions. Okay. What exactly is uh, gumball juice? Oh, that's just another name for, you know, for sugar. Oh, okay, great. Well, we want to go, we want to go ahead and get that without it. So um, a lot of times it, 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 it takes planning. 
when I say it takes planning, sometimes you have to maybe make a smoothie on your own from home and take it. Like, for example, one of the ones I've been doing recently has been frozen fruit uh, with spinach, with some chia seeds, and one more thing I can't remember. But I've, I've tried to stay away from, as much as possible from sugar. So I think, but when, you, when you're actually out, it helps to actually read or ask questions of, okay, tell me some of the things that are going inside. Because most of the time there with the smoothie, they're putting all the ingredients in right there in front of you. So you can ask those questions and ask them to maybe hold back on something. The other thing too is, I know that the idea of counting calories or tracking calories may seem overwhelming to some, but even if you take, let's just say a week, for example, and mm-hmm. and download, I use, I personally track my calories on an ongoing basis uh, using an app called My Fitness Pal. And for anybody right. listening in, you can download this app. It's it's free. I, I think they have it for. I'm assuming they have it for Android. Certainly on iPhone. But there are of course countless calorie counters out there. Just download an app and and track what you're eating for a week. And don't just look at the calories that you're that you're consuming, but also again the percentage of those calories, the the amount of carbohydrate that you're eating in a week, because especially for photographers who are pretty sedentary the majority of the time. Your body's not mm-hmm. actually primed to use those sugars, which means that they That's end up correct. getting stored as fat and you're just, you're packing that on. So again, I, I, I would go back to this um, and maybe playing a little devil's advocate here that even fruit, if you eat it in excess, can meet, can lead to weight gain. We have to kind of balance the idea, the significance of the idea of whole foods with looking still at the macronutrient ratios uh, and Mm -hmm. more specifically sugar. I think it's really important to keep that in mind because the amount of inflammation that we cause in our body, the amount of weight gain that we cause and the resulting diseases that come from that um, are so, so significant. It's still not talked about enough in mainstream uh, culture. It's still a little bit on the fringe. And um, I just think we need to pay a lot more attention to that. Yeah. I didn't really hit this earlier and I, and I, it's in my mind. I just didn't hit it. But most of my fruit that I take in are, are, are taken in first thing in the morning, which oh, gives good. me a chance to burn that stuff off by the end of the day. Like you will not ever see me, I won't say not ever, but very, very rarely would you see me eating a banana at after five o'clock yeah. because, of the, because of the amount of sugar that it actually has in it. Yeah, you know, banana has uh, one of the highest glycemic oh responses um, our, our, to our body. And it, it, again, it seems like a healthy thing, but the amount of, of uh, glucose there is, yeah. is quite significant. Yeah, but it, it, but, it, but it works depending on what you're doing. Like, for example, yes. after a race, you yes. know, glycemic yeah. index, you're trying, to, you're trying to jack your sugars up quick, fast, in a hurry. So they'll give you a whole barrel of bananas if you wanted to, which actually works well for you. Now, that is not what you want before going to bed because exactly. that sugar is going to sit on you. But to go back and what you talked about with the macronutrients, um, with the carbs, fats, and and the proteins, I am of the notion, and there are some people that may you know may think different differently. Sure. Um, I try to make sure that there that we do have that balance with the carbs, the proteins, and the fats uh, because people run from carbs yep. because it's like oh man it's, it's going to put it on me. But carbs is another word for energy. You know, I mean, you don't have to take it in ex- excess, but you do, you do need to have some type of carbs right. in. Um, you're going to lose weight. Yes, you will. But at the same time, you your energy level may may get lost at the same time. So I always ask people to make sure that they take that in consideration whenever they start down their journey. Um, because, you, I mean, you can see some good results with folks that have just eliminated carbs. But over a long term, you know, I, I try to go towards something that's going to be a lifestyle change versus a diet, so to speak. You know, a lot yes. of people for that quick yes. hit. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. I'm, going to take, I'm, I'm not going to take any carbs in for yep. a month. I'm going to drop eighty pounds, and then <laughs> yeah. two months later, what happened to you? Yeah. I started eating. 
Yes. Yes. Rebound. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm really glad that you highlight that, Todd. And, and I, by no means do I want to um, give the impression to anybody listening in that, that I think you should just avoid sugars. In fact, you know, there is a tendency in our culture, speaking of culture and pop culture and, and pop culture's notion of what is healthy, there's a tendency for us to kind of respond uh-huh. to extreme levels, right? So all of this is bad or all of that is bad. And we tend to overreact a lot of times. I, I think your point about balance is a, a super good one. And and you know what? For anybody listening in, if, if you take nothing away as it relates to sugar in particular, do the thing that Todd just described, which is if you're going to take in a significant amount or even a decent amount of carbohydrate in a day, do it after having exercise. Talk, Todd talked about running a race and then having the carbs after. Your, your body's insulin response is primed in such a way that if you do take in that carbohydrate after having exercise, especially exercise intensely, that it'll be able to actually shuttle those sugars where they're needed and not just simply right. you know, now, stick and, it to your thighs. Sugar is is of course such a you know such a big bugaboo in in uh, in the world, but we have to be realistic and realize that sugar is in a lot of stuff. Now I'll say this: and I don't want anybody to see me eating a piece of cake and you know slap me saying, "Hey, you know he's he's hypocritical." <laughs> but I always because I I mean I I I, I eat sweets as well, but it's it's all the the key thing to all of this, Nathan, is moderation. It's all about moderation. You know, it's, <clears throat> if, if you feel like you have to do this, then, you know, make sure it's done in moderation. I used to always tell my clients, you could have a cheat meal or two once a week to reward yourself for all the good things that you've done right during the week. And what all what always seemed to always happen over time, uh, that first cheat meal will probably be like three pieces of cake and some French fries. <laughs> then over time, when they started to see the results, those three pieces of cake kind of went into maybe two pieces of cake and no French fries because yep. I don't I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to mess up the benefits that I I don't want to mess up my gangs that I've received over, over over time. 100%. So therefore, that becomes a, it becomes a point of you know what maybe I really don't need a cake. I really don't need the cake. But over time, you have to kind of eventually wean yourself away from it because if you try to, you know, you try to shut it down cold turkey is, like you said, you, you, you're going to fall. I, I do. I give myself what amounts to, I guess, a cheat meal on Wednesdays and then Saturdays I kind of let loose. Um, okay. Although I have found to your you let point. let loose the whole day? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I guess because I'm so strict through the week. Um, right, right, my, right. My body's able to kind of handle that and take, but I will say this too. I don't, at this stage, I don't go to the extreme that I used to, um, exactly, with my, with my exactly. cheat days. And part of that has to do certainly with being very happy with the results of all the work that I put in over time and not there wanting to screw that up to your point, Todd. The other thing too, is what's interesting is over time, your body also, at least for me anyway, it begins to develop kind of a distaste for those things exactly. that I used to think were so That's good. Correct. That is correct. <laughs> um, so I don't have quite the desire. Or I have a little bit of it, and I'm like, oh, that's that's enough. Like I don't want any more of that. Um, it even it even starts smelling different. Yeah, you know, you you walk in some place with fi- fried foods, and you're like, you know what? I don't think I even want to be in here. You know, and it it just becomes. Like you said, your body your body puts up this this defense mechanism. Like, yeah, you know, I really don't I don't I don't really want to be dealing with this stuff. So yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting point of conversation. Well, I I appreciate your perspective on that. We've got a couple more points to touch on here as we close. Okay. You said that we com- we complicate things as it relates to our health. What what do you mean by that? Uh, it's kind of, it kind of goes back to uh, what we talked about with uh, intensity over duration. Um, but I said we need we we don't keep it simple. Uh, we feel like 
we may walk into the gym, we see Nathan bench pressing 455 pounds. Like I can't, <laughs> I cannot do that. You know, I want to, I want to get in shape, but I just can't do that. But we don't think about the fact that we could probably, we could possibly do push-ups, or we may see somebody doing squats with, you know, 200 pounds or they're doing, you know, you walk in, you've seen it, you walk into the gym and you see guys or girls that have like seven plates stacked on the yep. side and they do leg press. And you're like, man, my legs are just going to stay the way they are. But they <laughs> yeah. understand the benefit of actually doing body weight squats. Just, you know, just doing something. We, we complicate things, not knowing that there are so many body weight exercises that we can actually do to benefit our body as well. Like one of the best things to do to get started is walking. People's like, you know, I, I can't walk for a long period of time. All I got is 30 minutes. All right, do 15 minutes going toward the mailbox and do 15 minutes coming back. You've got 30 minutes in. I don't have a lot of time. Okay, between calls or between sessions, just say, okay, I'm going to do three sets of 10 with squats. Okay, what a squat? Squats is just pretty much acting, acting as if you're about to sit on the toilet and yep. come right back up. Yep. You do that 10 times, you've done 10 reps of, of squats, you know? Uh, it's just little things that we think that we have to do a whole lot of fancy things to get the same results. You know, you know, once over time, when your body becomes a little bit more uh, seasoned, then you can increase your reps and you can decrease the amount of rest time or you can add a whole lot of variety to it. But to get started, we just keep it simple, you know, and do squats. Um, you can you can Google bodyweight exercises, something and you don't need anything other than the body. You know, everyone has a body. You may not have the weights, but you have the body and the body weight exercises can be done at any place, any point in time. Waiting for a client, uh, you can do some dips. You know, you can just put your arms behind you and act as if you were going down toward the ground and coming right back up, working your triceps. You know, just little things that I think that we just don't think about because we think we have to do so much to get started, but we really can just really keep it simple. Well, and the cool thing about simplicity to your earlier point, Todd, is it's sustainable, right? If if we right. take on... You know, I'm gonna gonna track my calories, and here's the the, the diet that I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna be in the gym two hours a day, and I'm gonna follow this training plan, which is you know eight exercises per day. Mm-hmm. It just and I, I give the extreme example for reason, which is that you know if if we're faced with so many different moving parts, especially with something that maybe we're not familiar with, it becomes overwhelming, and then the likelihood that we actually follow through on it is not super high. If we start with you know a, two or three of the exercises that you just mentioned, let's let's do thirty minutes of walking, three sets of of ten squats, and maybe three sets of ten push ups, and we do that consistently every single day. Absolutely. The results that, that, that people, especially who have not been super active to date, will get from just doing those three things consistently, we'll call it even five times a week, doesn't even have to right. be every day, is right. quite significant. But you're, a lot of those results are coming from consistency, and the consistency is enabled via simplicity. So I, I love that you highlight this. Absolutely. And then you also have to remember, and the stuff all ties back in together, that's where you have to make sure you get that quality of food in as well, and drinking your water because... You cannot outwork a bad, uh, a bad, uh, a bad diet <laughs> it's at, at any point in time. You know, you can do as many push-ups as you want, but it's not going. It's not going to help you a whole lot as as you age. You know, when you're 20, it doesn't necessarily work uh, against you. But as you get up in age a little bit, 
uh, we have to kind of make sure that we pay attention to those other things that we briefly mentioned up front. Yeah, people do sit-ups thinking their abs are going to show. Your yes. abs are never going to show if you don't if you don't lose the weight first. It's got to start yes. with that, and that's going to come correct. via a healthy diet. So that's a great yeah. point. Last last thing you mentioned is we don't collaborate enough. Yeah. Is, so is this is this like are you talking about the accountability that comes from talking with other people about our our health journey, or what do you mean by that? Well, I, I think it's I think it's multi I think it's multitask. I feel. Once again, um, some folks feel like, well, you know, I just don't, once again, I don't have the time to do it, or I just don't want to do it by myself. And a lot of times, if you kind of find somebody, and I don't want to say two people in the ditch, but if you find someone that has a similar, uh, if they're thinking the same way that you're thinking that maybe I can't do this, uh, sometimes, if I remember correctly, a negative and a negative, then it doesn't it even a positive? I can't remember. You know, it's been, it's been so it's been so long since I've done that in, in in science. If you find someone that maybe has the same mindset of you, of uh, okay, I want to start this, but I don't want to necessarily do it on my own. Okay, Nathan. Okay, let's do it together. Let's meet at the gym, and let's just do thirty minutes around the track. That that teamwork of actually uh, achieving that goal of starting on exercise together can actually lead to something a whole lot bigger. You know, it may start. You start small, just walking together right now. The next thing you know, we may be running a 5K together or you and I may enter a contest together so you can lose the most uh, fat because a lot of gyms actually have this type of uh, those type of uh, workouts. I mean, those type of competitions. And it's always easier to do it with someone than to do it on your own. So I feel like a lot of times if you actually find someone that wants to do it with you, which, like you said, could be an accountability partner, someone that's actually going to do it with you or just someone that you would kind of report back to. Hey, Nathan, what did you do today? Uh, I went to the gym. OK, great. And once you've told somebody, one, it's always once you tell somebody one time that you're going to do something and if that person's kind of like a true friend, he or she will kind of say, hey, what would you do today? Yep. Or what did you do last week? And then we don't want to necessarily let folks down that we're close to. So that's therefore, true. we try to always make sure that we're doing what we said we we're going to do. So that's that kind of collaboration, even if it's not there per se. Because, um, you know, in this day and time, you can work out with a, with a partner across the, over in Japan. You know, it could be a Peloton back, a bike, or it could just be, you know, Fitbit or whatever. But that teamwork and that collaboration is, is real beneficial. Just like with photographers, you know, you and I, if I remember correctly, aren't you in, aren't you in, te- aren't you in Tennessee? I am, man. Chattanooga. Yeah. Chattanooga. Yeah. And, I, and I'm in South Carolina. So, you know, we're collaborating and we're exchanging ideas and it's working for the good, as the Bible says, all things work together for the good of them. But it's working for the good and we're not even, you know, we're not even looking each other in the face. Hmm. So so I think it's just good to to latch latch hold to someone or some ones that will help you uh, stay in the middle of the road. As we close here, I have one more question, and it kind of relates to this last point um, about the significance of collaboration. When it comes to taking care of our health, um, you know, I think, and I've been guilty of it a million times over. I know a lot of people listening in, potentially everyone listening in, has also faced this kind of challenge, if you will. But the, the challenge is inconsistency, mm-hmm. and the root of that inconsistency is motivation, right? Mm-hmm. So, what is going to to cause us to be more consistent? Certainly, simplicity, as we talked about, enables sustainability over time. But at the very, very root of it all is motivation. There has to be significant enough reason for me to eat well. There has to be significant enough reason for me to exercise consistently. For me personally, this has become an issue of character. Uh, I mentioned earlier the significance of consistency as a concept, as a value for myself. And as a result, 
my my health, uh, my efforts toward managing my health well, and not even just managing it well, but, but but holding a very high standard for myself, is rooted in the idea of consistency, which to me is a reflection of my character, and I don't want to compromise on my character. So this is an idea that's bigger. Uh, why some might even argue that it's even bigger than me. It's it's a it's a big idea that I'm striving for. That that works for me. Um, I mean, there are other reasons too. I want to look good for my girlfriend, and and um, you know, th- there are some of these other slightly more superficial reasons. But character for me is the driving factor. Talk to our listeners a little bit about the significance of motivation, because it's very easy to say, you know, for a week or two weeks or a month, even I'm going to do this, and you show up and you do it, and then you fall off the wagon. What do they need to do to stay consistently motivated for the sake of the long-term benefits? It's funny you said that because yesterday when I ran, um, the quote that I used was, uh, your body is a reflection of your lifestyle. Mm. Um, I would wholeheartedly agree. Yes. Um, the motivation, it always helps a lot of times if you have it intrinsically, which means it's inside. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all if... Uh, what anybody says on the outside, you know, if you can find that motivation on the inside to kind of keep going. Uh, what I've always done is I realize, and we are, we're all in this and it doesn't necessarily, I, I don't let it um, hold me down, but we are all, we're all a, a movie, so to speak. And we never know who's taking advantage or who's looking at our movie hmm. uh, as, as we, as we play out in life, uh, your movie, you may motivate somebody, uh, you may discourage somebody by what you're doing. Um, so I always try to realize that the life that I live for one, <laughs> and this is, you know, and I know we're not trying to go here, um, but I don't take for granted the gift that God has given me mm. for life. Sure. You know, I understand that my body is a temple and I try to make sure that uh, I take care of what, what I've been given. So I try to make the best decisions that I can for the gift that I've been given. And with that being said, always thinking about that is a blessing to be alive. It is a blessing to be able to, to have this conversation with you. Keeps me motivated to come back tomorrow to do better than I did yesterday. But I, th- I think what you just highlighted is further reiterating what I, what I was saying, which is the, the, the significance of finding an idea that's bigger than you. You're talking mm-hmm. about your faith and how that's a massive motivating factor, the, and right. the accountability that comes from that. And then you talked about your character as it relates to how people see your behavior and how right. that's a reflection on your character. These are, I, I think that that um, there needs to, to be, and, and I say this with all the humility possible because this is not something that I've lived consistently over time. It's something I'm working more intentionally on now. But I think it's something that we all as a, as a culture need to to do a better job of finding, which is the big idea, ideally an idea that's bigger than us, that right. drives the consistency and the proactive management of our health, uh, because it will enable sustainability. When when we're, you know, we just, if we want to lose a few pounds because there's a vacation coming up, that's temporary, mm-hmm. and it's right. not a very big idea. Um, right. If if we want to, but when we're talking about things like character and faith, which are mm-hmm. ideas that are much, much larger and have... I mean, sustainability certainly as driving principles over time. Now we're talking about something that is much more sustainable, that'll enable a, a level of consistency that some of these other superficial reasons won't as readily. That's right. And, That's and right. I think it's really important that we all find 
that thing if we truly want to make a difference um, in the way that we manage our health. Absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, like you said, it's, if it's, it's bigger than us, and, you know, as long as you, it's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm a couple of trillion dollars away from becoming a millionaire, but, <laughs> until, but until you get to the point where you have reached perfection, there's always room to grow. That's why I look at it. Yes. And that's why Garmin has their motto is beat yesterday. You know, so you have to, yeah, you have to beat what you've done. Yes. I mean, yesterday was great, you know, but there's room, there's room for more. So I feel that way with my body and I just kind of keep pushing to say, okay, I'm going to keep going. And like I said, hopefully I'll motivate someone as I continue to motivate myself. Dude, I, I just wrote down beat yesterday. That is brilliant. I, I yes. love that, that notion, because what, what's cool about that is we're always striving to be better, but we're also doing it a day at a time, right? Um, right. It's important to have that big picture view that's driven by our principles, but then it, it's we still have to live a day at a time. And, and all we need to do is just do just a little bit better than, than yesterday. That's and, right. And sustained over time, we're going to make a massive, massive difference, not only in our own lives, but the lives of those around us. That, that's, that's a really just wonderful way to end our conversation conversation today. Thanks so much, Todd, for making time for all of us. And, and as we close, we just remind our listeners one more time where they can find and follow you online. Sure. Uh, my personal is actually just Mosiwell, M-O-S-E-A-W-E-L-L. Uh, and I am at Mosiwell underscore photography on, on IG and Facebook is Mosiwell Photography. Great. And we're going to link to these in the show notes along with all the other talking points, the resources that were mentioned today. If you go to bocapodcast.com for everybody listening in, you'll see the show notes there. Um, you can also find show notes in your favorite podcast app. I think probably at this point, most podcast apps have some access to show notes. You can take advantage of the information there as well. By the way, it, for those of you listening in, if you're looking for a book to read, um, if you've not read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, you could grab that. You can also go to Boca, B-O-K-E-H, bookshelf.com and see some of the most popular recommendations here on the podcast in almost 500 episodes. Lots of different books brought up. You can see some of the most popular there if you go to bookabookshelf.com. Thanks once again, Todd, for hanging out with all of us. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, photographers, for listening to the Boca podcast. Will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at BocaPodcast.com. Make sure to visit our sponsors, PhotographersEdit.com, custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu.com, that's M-I-I-L-U.com, the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing.